Amen. Let's open our Bibles today to the New Testament book of First Timothy. And it's um, exciting to think about what's ahead for tonight. And then this day and this morning reminds us of uh, anticipation of this month and all the weeks of celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm excited to be able to do that with you. I bring you greetings from Boston. Carla and I made a uh, kind of a last minute uh, quick trip to Boston last weekend to be with Kings Hill Church, a church that our church family has helped start there, plant there. Uh, Jonathan Mosley came through here as a University of Georgia student, went to Boston and did his uh, study at Gordon-Conwell, stayed there in the city and married his wife Chelsea and planted Kings Hill Church in the Mission Hill area in uh, inner city Boston. Several of you in our church family have been there. You know Jonathan. We have um, about 10 years of college students that have spent their summers in Boston. We'll be back in Boston for our county school spring break as well as UGA spring break this coming year. And it's a big part of what we do stateside in taking the gospel to the world. We met there in the ballroom of the Hilton um, in the Back Bay area of Boston. About 85 people in the room. Probably four or five married families with children. And then about 70 college students, graduate students, young professionals. We had the joy of meeting the very first person that came to Christ three years ago through the ministry of Kings Hill. And uh, he was baptized, the very first person they baptized. Many have been baptized since. And um, just uh, God's doing a good work in Boston and pray for Jonathan and Chelsea. We'll say more about what's going on there uh, later this month when we talk about our Acts 1-8 offering and our giving to take the gospel to the world. Today I want to speak to you from 1 Timothy chapter 6. You've heard it said, we each should give according to our ability. In fact, if you've read the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy You've read there in chapter 16, every man shall give according to his ability. But today I want to show you a standard of giving that is not based on our ability alone. I want to speak to you about our standard of giving that is based on our need. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm not speaking to you about a standard of giving based on the needs of others. The Bible speaks to that. Today I want from 1 Timothy chapter 6 to speak to you on a standard of giving based on our need. And As I've studied this passage over these last couple of weeks, what I realize is that more than others need me to give to meet their needs I personally need to give I need to give 
God has a multitude of ways of meeting the needs of people and leave me out of it. There is something that God does through us and in us that we need when we give. And so let's look at God's word together as we think about the standard of giving that we need. We began this series, the standard, talking about the standard of giving that God established. We saw from God's word in the Old Testament that uh, all things belong to him and all things are from him. And then we talked about the standard of giving that Jesus taught. And he taught us a standard of giving through his words that he spoke, the ways that he lived, and the wounds that he suffered. Last week, Joel spoke to us about the standard of giving the Holy Spirit enables and today, the standard of giving we need. When you look at the graphic behind me of the standard and you see those open hands, you have noticed over these last few weeks that there's more than just the open hands there. There is in that graphic that arrow that's moving up. And... Um, I just feel like this morning is a time that I just I want to say to you when we talk about the standard that there is in my heart this sense of what God wanted to do in the life of our church as we work through this, what he wanted to do in my own life, and that is that he wanted to challenge us to raise our standard of giving. And that's important. Because evidence of our spiritual growth is often seen in how we increasingly invest our earthly treasure in eternal places. And we're going to see that today again as we talk about the standard of giving that we need. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 beginning in verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion, Amen. 
Verse 17, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So what is the standard of giving that I need? What is the standard of giving that you need? The standard of giving that I need, the standard of giving that you need, the standard of giving that we need, number one, breaks, the standard of giving I need breaks my craving for earthly possessions. You're taking notes. Probably the, the, the major piece of this message today are these four descriptors of the kind of giving that we need. I want to say to you that this is not some sermon that I pulled out of a kit. This is not something that I have for years just been getting ready to share what I'm sharing with you is, is fresh ink. It's, it's in my heart, and I'm, I'm uh, wrestling, like we said, from week one, just with the tension of what it looks like to have a standard of giving that honors the Lord. And what I learned from this passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy first is that I need to give. And I need the kind of giving that breaks my craving for earthly possessions. In 1 Timothy 6, he uses this phrase, verse 10, he says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's a reminder to us that there is a temptation. There is a temptation to love money. And, and, he, and he warns us of that. And he says, it's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And he, he warns Timothy. He, he warns this young pastor. This, remember this First uh, Timothy, Second Timothy written to this young pastor at Ephesus. And Paul is laying out in front of him things that he needs to be warned of, things that he needs to teach others and he says to this young pastor watch out for the craving of money the craving for possessions the craving for more that word craving is the picture of reaching out for something of grabbing for more and he says it's through this grabbing of more and desiring for more and reaching for more that you'll find yourself wandering away from the faith so you'll, you'll find yourself reaching out for the things that this world offers, which will lead you to wander away from what God offers and what heaven offers and what we have in Jesus Christ. In verse 17, chapter 6, look at it again. It says, as for the rich in this present age... Charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. He says, do not set 
he says, charge them not to be haughty. Charge them not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. I, I don't want to get into a, some kind of long debate today of whether or not we can be considered rich. I think it's, a, it's an easy uh, assessment for us to know the multitude of things that we have at our disposal. And the warning stands for us here. It says, don't set your hopes on the uncertainty of riches. That word set, three-letter words, easy to read right past. But think about how we use that word. We think about concrete setting. And when concrete sets, it becomes hard. It, it, it creates a firmness. It, it creates a, something that's established. And he's saying, don't, don't try to put your hopes in riches because it's not going to set. It's going to be uncertain. It's going to be shaky. It's going to be wobbly. It's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to have, it's going to move. It's not going to be something that will stay the same. And he's, he's warning us in our riches to not stabilize our life on riches. And how does giving play into this giving is giving is like what fasting is for food when we fast from food it it breaks the craving it focuses our attention somewhere else we find our strength in the Lord giving takes what the, the grip that riches have on us and the hold that possessions can have on us and it and it and it frees us from those things. And you know that when we have things that are, there's this fleshly tendency for us to clutch those things, for us to cling to those things, to find some kind of peace in those things. That giving opens our hands up, opens our heart up. When I think of giving to our church tithes and offerings I don't uh, always uh, think a lot about what I'm giving to I get excited when I see things like Bible school and I see a gathering like this and I think about tithes and offerings that make it possible for us to have what we do here in ministry from Sunday to Sunday and throughout the week. But when we give tithes and offerings, one of the things that happens with that is, is that when we just kind of put that in a common purse, what it does for me at least is that it sort of just, it opens my hands up and it just says, Lord, here, use it. It's not in my control. Giving as you practice a standard of giving, I would ask you to turn that into a prayer and say, Lord, does my standard of giving break cravings for more possessions or is it a standard of giving that actually has me clinging to more? The standard of giving I need, number two, builds my faith in the Father's provision. 
The standard of giving that I need builds my faith. I need a standard of giving that's going to break my craving for earthly possessions. That opens my hands and opens my heart. And secondly, I need a standard of giving that builds my faith in the Father's provision. Verse 17 is for the rich in this present age. Charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. But on God who does what? Who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. The Apostle Paul carrying this similar theme throughout his letters and writings to different churches, whether it's in Romans or it's in Philippians, he speaks of, the, of God being our provider. And, and he, he says that to, to set our hope, set our certainty on God who richly provides us for everything to enjoy. I love that phrase. When you read that phrase, he says, he richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Don't, don't think about when we, we come to these messages on a standard of giving, we talk about God's provision, that there is nothing for us to enjoy in what God has given. Pastor, it just it sounds like that it, it, you're just saying it's wrong to have anything, and I, you're making me feel guilty about what I do with what I have. Can I tell you, God in his sovereignty and his wisdom knows exactly through his word and his spirit how to balance all of that. And that's part of the tension of us living with what God provides and what he's given to us to steward. It's part of our relationship with him, of taking our possessions before him, acknowledging that it's all his, acknowledging that what we have comes from him. But then Filtering into that, this very word, he says, God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. He's a good God. And he has given us, just like we've sung this morning, we sing so many weeks, he's given us so much, both temporary possessions and eternal spiritual blessings. And in my giving... What happens is, is that God brings me to those uncomfortable moments. You've had them, uncomfortable moments where you sense, I need to respond to something. I need to give to something. There's an opportunity. God just put that on my heart. And we feel the tension of, of the excuses start bubbling up. But, but, but I was saving that. I, I really had this in mind for that, Lord. Lord, you already know that there's not enough to, and, and, and we, we get in that uncomfortable moment that God brings us to. Well, what's he doing? He's challenging our faith. He's bringing us to a point to where oftentimes we look and we say, hey, I, I don't know if this is logical. I, I don't know if this is... Uh, matches the bottom line but I know this Lord you're saying and what happens in those moments of un un uncomfortableness with the God bringing his provision to us and moving us toward giving when we give you know what happens your faith grows when you look back over your life, when have been those moments of spiritual growth? 
Has it not been in those times of scarcity when you saw God's provision come through? Has it not been in those times where you, you, you responded to the Lord in obedience? You know, I don't know how we'll ever do it. And you get that bill or you never get that bill. Tires that you thought would last for 30,000 miles go 45,000 miles. A roof that you thought would last for 15 years lasts for... It just keeps... I know several of you are in the roofing business. They were pastor. Careful now. <laughs> I'm just telling you, there's a lot of ways in our life where we look and we think physically there's no way possible, but we know it's a faith moment. We know that it's a God moment. We know that he's stretching us and challenging us. And I think of Matthew 6 where he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There will be an uncomfortable moment ahead for you when it comes to your standard of giving. And it will be a moment that God will use to build your faith. Number three, the standard, the standard of giving I need breaks my craving for earthly possessions. The standard of giving I need builds my faith in the Father's provision. Number three, the standard of giving I need blesses my circle with the possessions the Father has provided. Verse 18, the standard of giving I need blesses my circle with the possessions the Father has provided. Verse 18, they are to do good to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. That's, that's, here's what that verse means. It means we're to do good. We're to be rich in good works. We're to be generous and ready to share. I mean, God's word sometimes is just so practical. It's just straightforward. We don't have to wiggle around it, dodge around it, read between the lines. We just read what's in the black and white there. It says, if... As a, as a person with riches, I don't set my hope on those riches. God has provided it all. I'm to look at those provisions from God at ways to do good, at ways to be rich in good works, at ways to be generous, at ways I, I need to be in a position where I'm ready to share. Here's a question I asked myself this week. What happens when people get in my circle of blessing? What happens when people get in my circle of blessing? We all have our circles of operation, our circles of influence. We work in different places, live in different places. We travel to different places. We have a circle of influence. Our eyes land in certain needs. Our ears hear of certain situations. And what happens when people get in our circle of blessing? Joel mentioned last week Barnabas in chapter 4 of Acts. Barnabas owned a piece of land, and when people got in his circle of blessing, his name changed. He, he went from one name to having a new name of Barnabas, which meant son of encouragement. He sold that piece of land and brought it to the apostles in order to meet the needs of others. When people got in Barnabas' circle, they were blessed. I wonder how long Barnabas had been holding on to that land. Let's think about that from time to time. 
I wonder if he bought the land with the thought one day God might use this piece of land. It's really practical here where he just he took his possessions and he says, Lord, he, God ultimately brought him to a moment of faith and when he was in his circle and God spoke to his heart, he responded. And he shows a standard of giving that has affected hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of Christian living. Truett Cathy, we know him of Chick-fil-A fame. And Truett Cathy said in his book, Wealth, Is It Worth It? He said the highest calling in life is to give. The highest calling in life is to give. He said, if I'm asked, wealth, is it worth it? My answer is yes, if you give it generously. Wealth is worth it if you give it generously. And that's the biblical pattern that we have here, a standard of giving that uh, it, it doesn't say in this passage of Scripture to be rich is wrong. What he says in this passage is, is that you can be rich and be wrong. But the way you're rich and right is to use your possessions to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Here's a fourth descriptor of a standard of giving that I need. I need a standard that breaks my craving for earthly possessions. I need a standard that builds my faith in the Father's provision. I need a standard that blesses my circle with the possessions the Father has provided. And number four, I need a standard of giving that banks my treasure in an eternally secure future. I need a standard of giving that banks my treasure in an eternally secure future. He says in verse 18 there, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. There is, a, there is this pattern of teaching through Scripture where Jesus teaches and the apostles teach that when we invest our earthly treasures in eternal things, it will make a difference in our eternity. Jesus speaks of rewards. He says in Matthew 6, do not store up for yourselves, do not lay up for yourselves Treasures here where moth and rust destroy or where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where the moth doesn't destroy and rust doesn't destroy and the thieves do not break in and steal. The picture there is, as someone has said, you cannot take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And that is the, the picture of, that the Apostle Paul gives here. That he, he says, there's a way for you to bank your treasure here in an eternal future. It's a good evaluator for us to just look at our life, to study our 
income and our outflow and to say, Lord, as this comes in, is any of this making a difference for eternity? It would be strange to live 80 years here on this earth and be rich and then live eternity in eternity and be bankrupt. One of those is a lot, lot longer. And these four statements of the giving I need have, have just worked through those and realized that they, they become a prayer for me. And I would encourage you to join with me in, in turning these statements into a prayer of evaluation where I would say, Lord, give me a standard of giving that will break my craving for earthly possessions. Father, would you build my faith in your provision? Father, would you bless my circle around me with the possessions that you've provided? And Father, would you give me wisdom to know how to bank my treasure for eternity? And I ask myself those questions, and I'm just, I'm looking this week. I mean, I'm literally looking at my ledger to say, Lord, does... Is, is this standard of giving represented in who I am and what we do as an individual and as a family? And the Lord just keeps coming back to my heart with these words. Carlos, you need to give more. Stay with me. You need to give more than others need you to give. I need it. I need it because it builds my faith and breaks the hold of this world and matters for eternity and blesses others. And I realize that over time, what, knowing Christ now for 37 years, 30, 35 years, that my standard of living is always competing with my standard of giving. And it's easy for me to get comfortable when it comes to giving. After 30 plus years of, of, of saying, Lord, it starts with a tithe. You know what can happen? It, it, can, it can become comfortable. You can just build it into your life to where you don't even feel it. And today, some of you may have gotten comfortable in your giving. You just build it in. I think of the words of King David in Chronicles when he said, I will not give to the Lord anything that cost me nothing. I get casual. I can get complacent. When it comes to giving, I can get contentious. And here's a good word for you. When it comes to giving, when my grip on earthly possessions is strong I can become cantankerous isn't that a beautiful word and what changes all of this is a rising standard of giving it strikes me that one of the descriptors of end times when evil is prevalent in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is that people would become lovers of money it's listed in the description of the end times. People will become lovers of money. 
So today, join with me in evaluating a standard of giving that we need. None of this will make sense to, to you in this room if you don't realize how much Jesus has given to you already. In all of this decoration and celebrating of the birth of Jesus Christ, I see over here in that manger scene, I would call your attention also to the cross of Christ in this scene, which reminds us that Jesus Christ gave his life for us. And this whole context of him speaking about wealth and contentment and worldly riches has in this phrase, he says, speaking of God and Jesus who gives life to all things. And listen, don't give the first coin. Don't give the first coin to the Lord until you've given your life to Christ. He's laid his life down for you. Believe him, trust him, receive him for forgiveness of sin and eternal life. And out of the overflow of that recognition of how much Christ has given for us, we we have a standard of giving that's different than the world. In 1874, Francis Havergal wrote a hymn called Take My Life. So 1874, Frances Havergal was uh, a great soloist, a great pianist. She was a preacher's kid. She wrote poems and hymns. She wrote this hymn, Take My Life. Some of you would know that hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated, Lord, to thee she talked about when she first wrote that song that she was traveling to see a group of friends a a group of 10 people where some were lost and some were saved and she prayed going into that meeting and fellowship time with those individuals she said God give me all of them and five days later after her visit with those 10 she reported that all of them had been blessed with salvation And out of that, she said during the night when she realized that, that she rose to pen these words. Take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in endless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. A standard of giving that we need begins with us realizing how much Christ has given to us and then us in return giving our life to him. Lord, build our faith, break our hold, bless others because of us. Let's stand together. 
You want to receive Christ today? Call out to him to save you. Sing this hymn with us today. Worship the Lord. Think about your standard of giving. Let the Spirit of God lead you, change you, encourage you today.